Soldier's Army Field Report. I'm Kyle Carvello, and joined as always by Mr. Drew Olson. And today our uh, our guest is Ali uh, Sayer. Ali, how you doing? I'm rocking. I'm feeling awesome. great. Awesome, Drew. How are you? Uh, I'm swell, man. What's uh, what's new? Not too much. Uh, so I hear you have the Pope in town. He just left a few hours ago. Did you, did you say hi to him? Did you scarf the Pope? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I did see that he got a DC United jersey somehow. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that I'm a, I guess like a seven-year-old girl like jumped the police barricade to uh, give the Pope a letter. So oh, if really? It, if, if a, oh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. His like security picked her up so she could give him the letter, too. Wow. So I feel like if a seven-year-old girl can like give him a letter, I feel like you should be able to give him the scarf, Drew. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. disappointed in you. Although probably what was in that letter was more important than scarf. Yeah. But, uh, I you don't you don't know that. <laughs> you don't know that at all. It it was, but yeah, right. I think the real tragedy is that everyone in Philadelphia is not going to be able to get their iPhones tomorrow. Yeah. Because uh, FedEx and UPS won't be making any deliveries. Yep. So Steve well, Jobs rolling. You know, I'm not Catholic, but I want to thank the Pope because my commute the last two days has never been faster because really? everyone was so afraid to uh, use public transit. It was phenomenal. So. Hey, good for you. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's going on in uh, Connecticut? Connecticut? I'm not in Connecticut. Whatever. Where are you, Massachusetts? Massachusetts yeah. Same thing. Nah, you, you know what? Actually, I can't really disagree with you. It's pretty much the same thing. It's getting cold here. That's all I got. Oh, really? It's, it was in the 80s here today. Yeah, it's, it's like... That's how it is in Ohio as well. Yeah. Like, low 70s now. I can see my breath in the morning. Whoa. It's, <laughs> yeah, it gets disappointing. That sounds awful. It is. So, should we, uh, should we talk some football? Do that kind of stuff? Sure. What do you think about the uh, latest Deflategate situation? The latest Deflategate? Which one are you referring to now? I don't know. The ESPN article? That chronicled Drew, years, one, years of uh, deception and lies by the Patriots and presumably the Revolution by Association. Oh, okay. No, I'm not, it, I, is there an advantage to deflating soccer balls? That I'm... <laughs> I was, yeah. Well, Drew, probably the same advantage that, that there is for deflating footballs, but that's a... Kicks easier. I don't even know. <laughs> All right, so Ali, let's start with you. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm a longtime MLS supporter. I was first a Columbus Crew fan, starting from my childhood. So I'm kind of the MLS generation, if you want to call it that. Um, but now I live in Portland and have jumped allegiance. And I work as an emergency medical technician for AMR. I work in Clackamas County, which is east of Portland a little bit, but it but, but, butts right up with Portland. So, And I live in Portland because it's much nicer there. So, <laughs> um, And, what? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So how did you become a Timbers fan? Um, I, when I was moving to Portland, I wanted to see all the Columbus sports teams before I left, and I looked at the schedule, and they were playing the Portland Timbers, and I'm like, oh, Portland has a soccer team, cool, and so that was the very first game I went to, was uh, Portland at Columbus in 2011, so I'm kind of a new new Timbers fan, relatively, um, 
so that was really fun. Uh, a lot of, we had a good crew of probably 15 or 20 people and we, I didn't really know the chance. So we, we didn't do them for like five minutes each, like you do at a real game, but we ran through them pretty fast. I remember that. And, uh, the Timbers lost. I don't think they've ever beaten Columbus at, in Columbus. So hopefully we'll change that. Um, but yeah, so I was hooked with the atmosphere. It's totally different than the crew union and other, there's multiple Columbus supporters groups. So that's a big difference having just one supporters group. I think that's really awesome. I know certainly there's a lot of different individuals in the Timbers army and have a lot of different opinions, but the fact that we're able to all come together despite our differences to support the club, I think really sets us apart from all the other teams. I don't think any other team has a unified supporters group. Um, and that really, I really love that. And I went to my first game, I believe was versus Chivas RIP um, in August of 2011. Um, first home I game. Was, and that was my first game too. Yeah, it was great. Yep, that was my first. I think, we, yep. I think we won. We won one. I don't nothing. remember, honestly. Yeah, yep, Kenny great goal, if I'm not mistaken. Kenny, F and Cooper, I don't know. Are we allowed to swear? Fuck yeah. Yeah, you can swear. Go for it. Okay. So Kenny fucking Cooper, yeah, good times. Anyway, that was a good <laughs> chant. <laughs> That's the main reason I miss Kenny. because <laughs> I love that chant. Uh, yeah, so then I became a season ticket holder after the 2012 season. So that makes it a lot easier. You don't have to worry about getting a ticket every match. That's really nice. And, uh, yeah, the, that's it, I guess. So I love soccer. I appreciate we all did. That's why we're here. <laughs> but, um, what other away days have you been to? You know, you've been to Columbus. Have you been to anything outside of, uh, outside of Portland to Columbus? I've been to the, uh, Seattle and I've been to Vancouver, which are the two easiest. The only games I fly yeah. to are the ones in Columbus. Um, but, yeah, I went to Vancouver, and it was the one where I think we ended up losing 3-2, but it was like we traded three goals back-to-back-to-back to back to back in, like, mm-hmm. two minutes. And it was, uh, what's the guy, the Vancouver guy that left for Mexico and then Camilo. ended up paid or something? Oh, yeah. Camilo. Camilo scored two goals. Yes, he had, like, amazing. That was, like, like goal of the even, year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can't even be mad when that yeah. happens. Like, it's so like... awesome. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I'm really mad that you scored, but, like, it was amazing. Yeah. And I believe Will Johnson scored the middle between the two Camilo goals, so that was cool. Um, but the Seattle games I've gone to have – I mean, we don't – I mean, it's how our normal performance is, but uh, I love the I love the trip. You know, the, the bus ride is great. Um, you, you know, you go in knowing, you know, two or three people, you know, depending on the bus you're on. Um, and you come out knowing tons of people, you know, and having a good time. And um, even though the results haven't been great when I've been up there, it's still a blast to go. And so, so there's that's the away games I've been to. I've said it a million times. None of us are supporters because of the way the team plays. We're we're all supporters because of everything outside of that. If, it, if, it, if we were bandwagoners, I guess we'd be LA Galaxy fans. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're it was it was extremely easy to get tickets in 2012 before I was a season ticket holder because we weren't doing so well that year. It was extreme. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell just by how easy it is to get tickets whether we're doing well or not. 
Um, although it's getting harder and harder as the population of Portland increases, but um, it's still for, I mean, the people who aren't season ticket holders can probably speak to this better than I can now, but that's generally, there's generally, I mean, there are some bandwagoners, but that's how every sport is. But I, yeah, I, I go, I've, I've only missed one home game since I've been here and that's when I was deployed on a wildfire last year. So that's I couldn't really get out of that. Yeah, you can't just leave for a day, so they kind of frown upon that. Like, the fire's still there and stuff, so. And I work as a medical support, so if if firefighters are there, we're there. We don't get to leave. Oh, very cool. So we're going to talk about uh, some kind of fire-themed thing. Let's start with the dumpster fire that kind of is the Portland Timbers right now. Nice segue. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) So I guess we should start with the uh, the most recent game. I said two 0 loss oh to gosh. New York. I don't the, know uh, where to start. Uh, uh, we want to start with the fact we can't score a goal. The fact we kind of played okay. like crap the whole game. The lack of effort from I the majority of the players. There was uh, it was weird the amount of walk like sometimes when they were walking but the ball was near them that was a little weird. I haven't really seen a whole lot of that before. Just like normally, yeah, there's going to be people walking, but it's usually people not involved in the right. run of like play that's going on. And there was like don't. one time where the ball was right near Will and he just like was walking. It's like, okay. Um, when you look at the Felipe. So I think, I mean, I think we definitely played better in the second half. That was the the first goal. The really far, the one from far yeah, away. They, I don't know. And he was surrounded so. by players, and no one stepped to him, and so he's yeah. got to crack it. And Will Johnson was, was just standing there pointing. Well, so yeah. Char also I was think close that might have been like, it's not yeah. just Will. Yeah. Well, yeah, there. Char yeah. honestly was the only person I felt was giving as his all. I mean, you can't, you can only give so much when like no one else is doing anything. I felt like Char did the best he could, but. I'm biased. Yeah, that was I love Larry it. was completely going at it. The whole Larry, game yeah, Larry, yeah, but Larry was doing okay. Um, I felt like we definitely did better in the second half, though, because well, you know the the first half the didn't seem to. Have, yeah, we didn't see. Yeah, that's true. We always do. We didn't seem yeah, to make any chances in the first half. At least in the second half, we had a few solid attempts where, where uh, Luis just you know annihilated us. Um, so, I mean, I can't really get mad about that when the goalie stops it. I mean, obviously I can, but you know what I mean. When some of the saves he made were, some of them were amazing. So, well, it's interesting. I mean, I think we definitely played better in the second half. I w- it's funny because I was texting with a buddy of mine when the annou- the uh, lineup came out, and we saw that Rudy was starting, which I think was a shock to a lot of folks, me, me especially. Uh, and I was actually really excited. I was like, okay, I feel like Rudy fits into the style of the Nagby, Valeri, uh, Milano style attack way better. Because they're, you know, more finesse guys. And Audi's, you know, more of a, you know, bring it down and pass it off type of guy. And I thought, okay, Rudy's going to play off better with that midfield. But then we just played the exact same style that we had been for the last few weeks, which was just punt it up and try to lay it off. and nothing for your Rudy. Right, exactly, which is Audi's game. And Mm -hmm. I I hope that wasn't the game plan. 
Uh, but it obviously didn't work, and, and our attack was pretty impotent until Audi came in in the second half. And poor Rudy, I, like, I don't fault him at all because I actually, he was hustling and trying to apply yeah, that high pressure. He played stuff. his game. Yeah, exactly. He did his thing, yeah. and it's, that's not what the system works. Like, that's not, he's not meant for this type of football. Yeah. He's really not. Like, he's, yeah. well, he's not a target I think, guy. Yeah, with Red, the Red Bulls especially, Audi, you know, we needed a big guy who could – I mean, they were fouling us left and right, and they were being sparsely called. And, and you know, a lot of those guys had some, some strength to them, and I think having Audi out there would have really helped with just – he can, you know, lay a defender down who's trying to, to foul him, you know. He's a big guy. So I think that would have been really helpful to have him. Um, I think Audi has been coming in as a sub and doing some really good stuff, even if, you know, maybe the scoreline hasn't reflected it. But I think that might have been the thought as far as starting him was, hey, he's been coming in and really, you know, energizing the team. And he did have a couple great runs, but, you know, getting getting tackled, getting fouled, you know, basically put a stop to those yeah and in a way it's you know we're kind of digging our own grave because we have two proven mls strikers in audi and rudy which is obviously something we haven't had in a long time with all due respect to mr kenny cooper but uh it you know you'd be crazy if you're a reporter not to play rudy but at the same time like the reason this game didn't work these tactics didn't work is because they were playing for Audi with the wrong player in there, and it just obviously just didn't click, and they didn't figure it out. So, I mean, honestly, that, in my opinion, I think that comes down to coaching. Like, I'm a big Porter supporter, and I don't think he should lose his job even if we don't make the playoffs this season, but that's just a lack of preparation that they don't know. Either they're playing the wrong tactics, which are the same tactics they've been playing, or they just didn't execute the game plan, which they were supposed to execute, so... It's obviously disappointing on multiple levels. Now, what do you guys think has changed? Because we haven't won since, was it Salt Lake? Chicago. Oh, Derby. you're right. Chicago, Salt, or Salt Lake. Lake away. Yeah, you're right. The, yeah. So that was what, August 14th, if I'm not mistaken? It sounds so, right. Sometime around there. Yeah. So, but it, our past performances have looked so much better than this. Like, even if we haven't, we, we could take away, you know, they played well. That created chances. We dominated the game, but that didn't happen at all in this game. Even the second mm-hmm. half, it still wasn't as dynamic as it was in the you know, previous performances. What do you guys yeah. think has changed? Well, one uh, one thing which I guess uh, we would yeah, it was hot. It was really really hot um, on Sunday. Um, and we were just cooking in the stands. I mean, it wasn't necessarily all that hot like temperature wise but it felt really hot in there and as you guys know the turf like radiates heat up i think you could tell that they were i mean they had to take a water break at one point it was really really warm um i think that was a big factor difference between other games that we've had where it's been a little cooler more recent games obviously the summer games are really warm but i would say part of it is i actually think new york is a really good team I think that, you know we've been playing like Houston and uh even KC wasn't at their best like I think they're the best team we've played in quite a while definitely better than the Seattle team that we played without that wasn't at full strength uh, I think that's part of it it's it's interesting too because 
if we had taken care of business in the last few games, like actually scored a goal uh, and gotten, <laughs> you know, three points out of these. I mean, we basically dominated the last three games before this one. If we had done what we could have done, and honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with luck, just that we weren't able to convert some chances and sometimes that how it, that's how it goes, we wouldn't hope, probably wouldn't be as devastated as we are now just because this game was so important because the results didn't come then. So the fact that we haven't had a result in five games kind of stacks on top of itself, despite the fact that the performances on the whole, I think, have been really good aside from the most recent game. So that's me trying to spin it positively. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was the first game this season where no log slices were cut. Someone wow. can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall any other game I've been to where there were no log slices because we didn't score or and we got scored against. Usually, you know, we've had some 0-0 draws, but then, of course, it gets a log slice for those. So Was the last one the that Orlando game? Because didn't we lose 2 nothing to Orlando? Or did we score one? Uh, we, I think you're right. We didn't. Yeah. I don't remember. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Like, that game sucked, too. Yeah, that game was bad. Yeah, th- that game felt very similar. Okay. So. Then I am, then I stand corrected. Maybe I was not sober that game. It's hard to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. I'd be terrible to be sure. sober for that. <laughs> no, uh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but, uh. That was really yeah. According to your other podcast website, American Soccer Analysis, the Timbers right now have, like, a 55% chance, roughly, of making the playoffs still? Yep. Uh, yeah, which is pretty good, considering that they've... How many points have we gotten? One point in the last... Or two points in the last month two. or something? Yeah. yeah um, so, yeah, they're, we're at about 50%. Uh, San Jose is next closest. And I think they're about 25. And then RSL, with their win against... Uh, the Galaxy the other day um, boosted their chances to about 15, I think. But so. Okay, so let me ask you this. Those two teams play each other this weekend. Mm-hmm. If we lose to the crew or even draw, which are very likely positive, the crew is yeah. a good team, and we'll get to that oh, yeah. in a little bit, but they're a good team. We could be pushed out of the playoffs at the end of the weekend. Yeah, part of it I think is... For now. Yeah, San Jose has played one more game than us, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we do have Kansas City and Colorado at home. I know we're, that we're talking about that later, but no, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point though. Like uh, Colorado, there's no better time you want to play Colorado than the last game of the season. But Colorado's a good defensive team. Like they can't yeah. score a goal to save their lives, but they can sure get a shutout. Absolutely, yeah, zero zero, distinct well, possibility. I, I feel like if it was at Colorado, again, I know we're supposed to be talking about this later, but. <laughs> I think if it was at Colorado, it would be a different story, but at, you know, a home game versus Colorado. Yeah. We won't have to be dealing with the altitude, at least. No. Yeah, absolutely. And we, yeah, and we've even won in Colorado, historically, so. Once. So who knows? Just once? Okay. Hey, that's more than zero. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all right, so let's assume all things remain constant. We come in sixth place at the end of the season, we make the playoffs. I mean, personally for me, that's not quite good enough, but... What would you guys want to change on the season? Because this, like, I've been thinking about this all day. Like, what would between? I change for the oh. off season? What would you, oh. assuming you know, you would go out in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, and and just 
to jump back a second, if we do finish sixth, if the standings hold, we would play in L.A. in a knockout game, which I don't think anyone who's currently sober thinks we could win. Uh, so. I mean, yeah. Positivity. <laughs> you know, uh, some if anyone I know is watching this, I don't know what your guys' viewership is like, but uh, they'll remind you that uh, the year we won the Cascadia Cup recently – I predicted that we would lose to Vancouver, and we won, so they'll probably never let me live that down. So I don't predict that we're going to lose games anymore. That's I mean, good. I guess if I did, then we would win. But and that, you know, I'll never forget that Jack Dewsbury goal. But I, no. yeah, they'll, I'll never live that down forever. That I said we were going to lose. Actually, what I said is I don't think we're going to win, which could mean a tie. So negative, <laughs> Nancy's at me. Well, they say the key to happiness, uh, which like people in Scandinavia, they're the happiest people on earth. The key to their happiness is that their expectations are very low. And so when they are exceeded, <laughs> it makes them happier. So, you know, yeah. there's that if too. If I say, like, I'm not going to eat that donut, but then my, <laughs> let's be real, I'm going to eat it. So I hear you. I'm really happy First about all of it. The donuts in Portland <laughs> are fantastic. You cannot not eat them. Expensive, expensive, though. The Blue Star donuts, they're so good, but, and they're like, you know, you know, Polynesian, you know, parrot juice flavored and stuff. They're like just crazy flavors, but they're really good. But they're three dollars each. It's insane. Yeah, they, there's a it's cupcakes in D.C. It's weird. Artisan cupcakes. Cup, okay, we have well, we have artisan everything in Portland. Yeah. I know, I know. But Portland you, has like artisan tea cozies and stuff. I mean, it's anything, anything you can add the word artisan to. <laughs> Artisan, you know, remote controls probably is a thing. So, so well, actually, let me let me get to your question, Kyle, because because we got distracted. Okay, uh, uh, oh, what would you change? It's, it's really uh, the weird thing is is like nothing jumps out at me as an obvious failure for this season. Like obviously, it hasn't been enough, and I did think that our attack was the major problem, but I think bringing in Milano is the answer to that, and I, obviously the jury is still out on him, because, you know, he's played four or five games now, but he seems to be pretty good, and is only going to get better as he gets older. The defense Yeah, honestly. I would just add that the major problem last season was the defense, and I think that problem has been resolved. Nat Borchers is sleeper pick for the best trade of the year probably i mean swap yeah. out paka for nap orchards that's about it's about as good as you can get although i guess cause had a great season for vancouver but that's gonna end some there's <laughs> gonna be a red card actually it's fitting. like a top five goal scorer for them <laughs> right didn't he get a red card last time we played in columbus wasn't that he him? did i, I did. remember it at, in I the first it half like it was yesterday yeah it was i was actually eight minutes into the game <laughs> Um, it was on a, uh, I want to say it was on a corner kick and he kicked someone in the face. That's right. Which, you know, and he'd already had a yellow, right? Face. Like it was awesome. I think no, he, it was a, no, wait, did he? It he, was a he straight red. Already a no, it was a straight red, but, but he had already had a yellow card in the first eight minutes. Cause, and then he just got a straight red anyway, just because that's what yeah. he does. And it was eight. Yeah. I remember distinctly that it was eight minutes in, but the thing about that match was if if he hadn't gotten a red card, I think we would have won because we did those <laughs> the other eighty two minutes plus stoppage time. We I mean 
we held, you know, with 10 men, them to one goal. It was 1-0, um, I believe. Yeah. Again, I don't have the best memory, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we played really well that game. The two years before game, we didn't play as great. Um, but we, yeah, we lost. Yeah, we haven't. I we lose or tie that one. I can't remember. I think we've lost all of them. Um, we did beat the crew at home that year, 2011, because when I had a balanced schedule. But that, yeah, cog. Oh, yeah, sorry. We're talking about defense now, are we? Yes, I agree with you. I think the defense has been solved. You know, that's been our problem the first four years of MLS play was the defense was entirely inconsistent. I mean, we, we've had some good defenders, but there's always been a hole somewhere. And now I believe all four plus Papa, you know, my, no one will let me live it down if I don't mention him. Um, I think we have a really strong back line with the depth as well. So I definitely think it's a, it's an attacking problem as well. And I think, I think you're right. You know, when, when uh, Milano's had time to, you know, get used to everything and, um, you know, get over the whole getting fouled thing. <laughs> um, I think it, it'll be better. Hopefully, I don't. I don't honestly know what I'd change necessarily. Tell Will Johnson to stay in his spot. Other than that, I think. Yeah, I, think I, even, I just thought of something uh, while Ali was talking, which is depth at outside back because I think Viafania's kind of under the radar, had one of the better seasons of any Timber this season, but Powell is just so inconsistent. And, yeah. I mean, no, I've... My issue with Powell is he's. I think he's gotten really good at like one-on-one defending. You know, his defensive qualities have gotten a lot better. But if you remember from our like 2013 year, everyone could keep the ball. Powell is really good at giving away the ball. He's... I think, for, for, I think he leads the team in crosses attempted this season. And I think he has the lowest uh, completion rate on crosses. So he crosses it more than anybody else, and his crosses go to the other team more than anybody else. It's just so frustrating. It doesn't help us. I mean, this is where I'm going to go with my changes now. But if I'm trying to look at this 2013 year, that's what we did. We kept possession a lot better. And we were able to suffocate and kill off games via possession. So the first change I would do is I would get rid of of Will Johnson and I would bring in Ben Zemanski. And I would actually make him stay as the number six. So that way Char can go forward and just do whatever the hell he wants. Because also one thing that I thought made Char really well is his ability just to be anywhere and win the ball anywhere. I'm not seeing that as much this year. I think he wants to be in his position. The problem is is he has to run around and do other people's jobs for them because they're not doing their jobs. I think my friend would crucify me if I said get rid of Will Johnson, but I agree. Um, with you on that. No, this is not, it's not um, a knock but, on Will Johnson. Like, I, I love Will Johnson, but we need a number six. So that way Chara can, you know, do his thing and get forward yeah, and win the ball back part. for us. Yeah. And then unfortunately, you know, Will just is not, he's not bouncing back from his injury, unfortunately. I like guess he's just not, like, we can see the progression in Diego, Diego Valeri, but, uh, Will Johnson seems like, you know, he might be, uh, might be kind of, I don't want to say it's like, downgraded as a player from his injury unfortunately well and he's well, he's reached the age where he's probably you know on, on the way down yeah but anyway you know i how would you say that it's so depressing <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to break my leg also i don't play soccer so it doesn't even happen but yeah i think you know uh, a guy like benzamanski would be perfect to put in there 
And also, like, it's not a, you know, I think Adi has been one of the most improved players of the season, I guess. Like, you know, his, mm-hmm. he's become a lot more well-rounded, but I would still get rid of him this offseason. And I'd want to go back to a 4-4-3, or 4-3-3, right? Because I feel like we did a lot better with that in 2013. And the guy I would want to be in the middle, I would want to get Juan Agadello. He's not playing for doing what I mean, he's coming off the bench at best. And he can play either in Milano's position on the wing or the center striker, as can Milano. So if those two can switch, that'd be phenomenal. And I kind of want – I don't want to go off and get, like, a foreign player. I'd like to stick with MLS talent for a little while because I think that's a little more proven to have success, like immediate success. Yeah. Yeah, I think the MLS style is is very different than, you know, we bring in these guys from other uh, leagues and – they're not, yeah, they're not used to, they might have been amazing at the other league, but it's just a different style of play. I agree that, you know, look at um, Borchers, you know, bringing in proven MLS talent um, can really have a positive impact. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if we get a guy like Juan Agadello, that'd be fantastic. You know, he is like a U.S. national team, like, B-minus player. So, you know, he's got, I mean, Stoke City wanted him. He's got talent. I've seen him play for New England again, person, like, He's a great player, and I think he'd be phenomenal in a 4-3-3 with Larry behind him and Milano out wide, or vice versa with him and Milano. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, his style seems to fit a little better than, than Audi's, maybe with that midfield that we do put out there. Um, also, I think it would help Nagby get back to his 2013 form. I really do. I think if you can kind of let him be a forward and not so much give him wing responsibilities... I think that makes him a lot better of a player. Man, Nagby's such an enigma. But all right. yeah, don't get me started on Nagby. Ah. All right, so uh, <sighs> I think we've talked about uh, Timbers Land for a long time. So uh, let's talk about Columbus as a city. Allie, are you you've lived in Columbus, haven't you? Is that correct? I grew up in there and went to college at the Ohio State University. Go Buckeyes. Um, suck it, Ducks fans that are watching. <laughs> yes, I uh, went to Upper Arlington High School, which is right. It butts up to campus. The the Upper Arlington does. It's kind of started out as where all the Ohio State professors lived. It's a pretty undiverse community, which is we called it the bubble, where you just don't experience anything other than your own world. So that's kind of the downside. But going from there to Ohio State, which is competes for being the largest university in the country every year with some of the other schools. Um, It's a really great experience of getting to learn anything you could ever want. That's kind of the benefit to going to a really big school like that is you could take any kind of class. I took whitewater rafting and I was an anthropology major, um, which was fun. (laughs) We'll just say that. So what are some cool things for people traveling into the into the city to do? If you were to spend a um, weekend there, what were some things you would do? Um, Drew, you're going to be well, in Columbus, aren't you? Yep, I'm heading out on Saturday. Are you going to be there, Allie? So, I assume. I will. Yes. Cool. Yep. But Drew, pay attention. Town for the. <laughs> I'm here because of the game mostly. Well, don't tell my mom that. I <laughs> I told her it was to see her. Um, Columbus. One of the the great things Columbus has is pretty much the top one of the top zoos in the country, the oh. Columbus Zoo. Um, and it's pretty cheap. I think it's like 10 bucks to go there. 
and you can make it a half day easily uh, kind of thing. Um, so I highly recommend the zoo. Um, what else there? Well, this weekend is also the Oktoberfest. Columbus has a lot of uh, German roots. Um, also, Cincinnati does, as the name was Cincinnati. Um, so there's a lot of good. The Oktoberfest will be at the Expo Center, which is, you'll see when you get there, is like in the same parking lot as Crew Stadium. So that'll be kind of uh, interesting parking-wise. Um, is that during the I assume that's during it'll the day? Be, on Saturday, it's from noon to midnight. So that'll nice. be great, you know. Pre pre tailgate, go there, get some German beer, or get a, a sausage or something. It'll be a good time. And then drink uh, our sorrows away afterwards. <laughs> the other thing uh, Columbus has, they have the Columbus Clippers, which are a minor league baseball team. There, it's always a good time. Minor league baseball is just great. You know, they do all the gimmicky stuff. They have dime a dog nights. You know, if if you're sick of paying five dollars for a soda, eight dollars for a beer, you know, go to the you know, a game at, at the Clippers, their season, uh, their season might be over now, but, um, whenever we have a game in the summer, that's a good, a good thing to do. And they just built a new stadium, like maybe five years ago, which is really nice. Um, my, uh, my coworker told me today that I should go to Buckeye Donuts. Oh, <laughs> you, I, Buckeye Donuts is absolutely a must, must go to to a place it's at uh, 18th and high street um one thing you'll notice when you're in columbus is the streets are not smartly numbered like in portland they don't have the hundred block system so any address you get just remember it's not the hundred block system so if the address is 1201 north high street it's not going to be at 12th and high street it's going to be like at second or something so that's kind of annoying if you're used to the portland hundred block system it's but uh, so you have to talk at like actual you have to use intersections to get around here as opposed to just the street numbers. But Buckeye Donuts, it's right on the Ohio State campus. High Street is the main drag that runs through campus. It has all the bars on it. Um, Newport Music Hall is there, which is a great little venue to see a music show. Um, but go for the donuts. Uh, there's also uh, Raising Canes, which is kind of, it is a chain. So. It's up and down the kind of Midwest down to like New Orleans where it started, but it's really great fried chicken. They, they hand make it and all that. And the cool thing about it is it's like the only, they only have like that's on the menu is just the fried chicken. <laughs> so they make it really well. They do one thing and they do it really well. Um, there's also on campus, there's uh, Hound Dogs, which is a 24 hour pizza joint. It's a great place to go after the game. It's kind of a drunk food type place. How late are the um, bars open? Uh, I believe it's I believe it last calls at two two a.m. Okay. in Columbus. Um, are you expecting we're gonna lose, Drew, and you gotta pile it on? When in Rome. The bar I would recommend that's that's walking distance from the Crew Stadium. I refuse to call it by its new name. Is Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Um, Columbus has really started doing the microbrew thing, you know, that, that we have already in Portland. Um, but 4th Street has always been the place to go for beer. They have, have an extremely diverse tap. They have like 30-plus taps, I believe, and the prices are very reasonable. One thing you'll notice coming from Portland to Ohio is that the beer is much more expensive here 
but the microbrew thing coming up has really helped lower the price of beer. Um, so you can get pints for like four bucks, um, which is pretty reasonable for around here. And the only, the only downside to fourth street is it's now the official bar of, um, it was the official bar of the crew union. And now it's also the bar of the Hudson street hooligans, which is kind of the, I mean, their name implies they're idiots. Um, they name themselves hooligans. They actually used to have their own bar, but because of zoning problems, it was shut down. Um, so uh, that's why we're not going to fourth street this year. We did go two years ago and four years ago and had a really good time. Um, but unfortunately, cause the Hudson street hooligans are there now, it's kind of, you know, they're the scarf stealing troublemakers. So we're going to, uh, what's it called? The, the, uh, three legged mare this year, but that's a good segue. Uh, so Friday night, for the actually it won't I'm driving out on Saturday morning so I uh, won't be there. What's the drive time of that for you, Drew? I think it's about eight hours, seven or eight hours. It's not bad. <sighs> Sounds bad to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it. Yeah, I would say it's yeah. probably closer to eight hours, but okay. Uh, um, it's it's not. Yeah, I hope you have some riders to keep. Yeah, there's three, and then one other person's on the fence still, so. We'll, we'll, Get him we'll off the fine. fence. I know, right? Uh, we booked a room at the beautiful Days Inn. There's, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, a lot of the East Coast so, platoon people are. We're all, uh, we all booked at the Days Inn. That's relatively close to the stadium. So yeah. that's <laughs> really smart because <laughs> with the Ohio State game, it's going to be ugly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Just like as a, you know, as a public service announcement, is there anything people should know if they're coming into the city about like? traffic or places to avoid because of the football yes. game? Um, avoid 315, which is kind of to, if we're really just going to relate everything to Portland, I don't know. I, I might as well. It's kind of like 405. Um, just a pretty small, short highway, but it intersects through campus and they'll close all the exits during the games, usually for security reasons. Um, it'll just be wow. a hot mess. If you're coming in and you're staying on the west side, I would take 270, and it will take longer in the sense of distance, but it'll be shorter in time. It's it's a giant loop. Um, you can loop down uh, south and go around that way, or you can go north, depending on where your hotel is. But the main thing is just avoid campus. Ohio Stadium, where the Buckeyes play, is the sixth largest stadium in the world. <laughs> so it's huge. It seats over 105,000 people. And in addition to the 105,000 people that go to the game, there's also about another 400,000 that will gather in the area and just because they couldn't get tickets, they'll just go down to the campus and tailgate. So completely anything you can do, I, again, 270 uh, to 71, I believe it is, to get around all of that. If you're, I mean, I was talking to people on the, the East coast platoon page to someone said they got a hotel on the West side. I just wouldn't, I mean, people get down there early. The streets are closed. They, the people that rent apartments around there, they literally tell them you can't park in your parking spot because they sell the parking for the people that are, you know, it's just crazy. And I would absolutely, I mean, if, if you park over, you can park at crew stadium with the Oktoberfest parking is going to be available really early starting, I think at 11 a.m., um, you can uh, campus is within walking distance. So if you want to check the mayhem out, 
I would park at the Expo Center. Um, parking's 10 bucks there versus 15 bucks at Cruise Stadium. And it's not, it's maybe a couple minutes away. So there's that advantage um, or the fairgrounds. Uh, so you can save five bucks on parking as well if you park at the, although if you're bringing tailgate stuff, I guess that's not going to help. But if you're not bringing like a big tailgate item, I would totally do that. And there also is a bus that goes to campus as well if you're not into the walking thing. It's not, it's not a very, maybe it's like a 20 block walk. It's not that far, but yeah, I would definitely advise anyone as a public service to just avoid that whole area. Don't go near it <laughs> unless you want to spectate. Awesome. And the games take like three and a half hours. So it will butt up right to game time. Good to know. It's going to be uh, eye-opening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people take college football very, very seriously. I mean, there there are 400,000 Ohio or 500,000 Ohio State alumni, yet you have 500,000 people coming down there every Saturday. So most of them did not go to Ohio State. <laughs> That's it's just the cultural thing. It was it was very different, you know, going to Portland where no one really cares about college football except the Ducks fans. But you know, they're losers. <laughs> <laughs> The Oregonian in me demands that I say that you're wrong there. Zero and nine against Ohio State, I'm just saying. No big deal, though. It's all in good time. It's supposed to be fun. Wait, wait. Uh, Let's just do the logistics real quick, which is Friday night at the three-legged mare at 8 p.m. Tailgate starts about 3.30 in the parking lot. Uh, Is it lot B? I believe it's lot B. Yes, it is lot B. Okay. Lot B and, like I said, uh, if you're not bringing any anything that can't be carried, totally park at the fairgrounds. It's five bucks cheaper. Yeah. There's also and, some street parking, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that unless your car is completely clean and there's not anything visible in it just because there are some break-ins around there. But if that's also an option is there is some free street parking that's kind of towards campus a little bit. And I know that uh, – a few folks are bringing grills, so I think basically if the folks just bring their own meat and their own beer, uh, I'm sure they could probably bum some beers, but uh, bring your own vittles, and if not, then someone will provide for you, I'm sure, in true Timbers Army fashion. Uh, yeah, okay. German, German Village has good meats, so if you're looking for meats, go to German Village. Do you want to talk about the game, Kyle? Let's talk about the crew. Where do you want to start? Uh, crew, they're a, they're a very good team. Yeah, second They're, place in the east. Are they first or second in the east right now? Second. Second? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, you know, they have Kai Kamari leads the goal, the golden boot winner right now. They got Ethan Finley, who's a dangerous piece, Frederick Higuain. You never count him out. They're just good. Yeah, Michael just, Parkhurst, yeah. Yeah. And they're, 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 they're probably one of the more solid teams in the league right balanced. now. Very balanced. Yeah. Very balanced team from top to bottom. Uh and I think they're relatively healthy right now. No suspensions or anything, so we're going to get them at full strength. And uh, I believe if they tie or win, they clinch a playoff spot, uh, which isn't great for us, obviously. Um, so, I mean, we've basically been saying it the whole time, but it's going to be real difficult to get out of there with a point even. So, I, I mean, I would do that as a success if we can get a, 
a single point. No, I would agree with you. I mean, I'd, uh, you'd love the three points because it gives us that little breathing room of the uh, Salt Lake-San Jose game. You know, if one of those teams win. But uh, realistically, I don't I don't think we're going to win. I don't see where a goal's going to come from anymore at this point. It seems like they're all kind of dried up. But, you know, maybe the defense can bail us out with a nil-nil draw. Yeah, if we win this game, it'll be like the RSL game that we won last yeah. month, which is, you know, a set piece. Not because of our brilliant attacking prowess, I don't think. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be a sellout. They're actually adding seats. Really yeah, I saw that. They added they inf- a bunch. They infamously, in, uh, I want to say 2008, which was the year the crew won the MLS Cup, they infamously removed the north end, which is where the supporters sat, and replaced it with a stage. Um what? So I think, yes, that would be the yeah. It would be. I mean, we we sit in the north end to it at uh, at Civic Stadium. So yeah, it would be the equivalent of them taking out the north end and putting a stage in. I mean, they they did that, um, which was really great last Crew game because the flog, flogging Molly came and played a free concert after the game, which I totally oh, what? that's awesome. I totally oh, stayed for it. It was awesome. <laughs> it was totally rad. Unfortunately, I don't think they're doing that this year, but. Uh, so I believe they will be adding back 3,000 3, seats, 2,000 seats, something like that. Really? And it will be their third sellout this year, which is really big. Because when I lived there, they never sold out. <laughs> um, maybe right during the MLS Cup run, they did. But um, other than that, so this is a big, I mean, talk, we're talking about Fairweather fans earlier. You know, that's really happening this year. And I think it's going to add some toughness to the match for the Timbers because they're not used to playing in that kind of atmosphere. I don't know how loud it'll necessarily be because um, the Nordeca, where the Columbus supporters sit, is pretty small. It's about two, two or three sections, but um, and they famously don't have capos. They're they're anti-capo, so they can be a little disorganized at times as far as chanting goes. But it will still be the you know intimidation factor of having a sold out stadium. So, a Crew Stadium is definitely one of the stadiums. I know I'm jealous of you, Drew, for to go. I I want to go to a Crew Stadium just for the yeah. I'm, factor. I, I'm really excited. The only other time I've been to Ohio was when I was driving through and I got a speeding ticket. So yeah, uh, that's the that's Ohio right there. It's <laughs> yeah, one of them flyover states. Crew Stadium's cool. I mean, it was the original uh, soccer specific stadium. You know, famously. Um, in the early 90s, when the MLS was being formed, the voters of Columbus were given the choice between soccer or hockey. Or really, they were saying, we want to build soccer and we want hockey also. And, you know, the voters chose soccer, um, which is probably the only time soccer's ever beaten another sport. Um, and that should really say a whole lot about how much they care about hockey. Uh, they made the hockey team anyway, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they haven't done so hot in the last 15 years. But, um, you know, the people really did want the crew, and they named the team and the goofy logo, which they unfortunately got rid of. That was, I mean, it was all, you know, community-driven. I mean, the, the crew is, you know, it's a work crew. You know, it's about Columbus's blue-collar roots. The crew union, who's the main um, supporters group, you know, is – is a union. I mean, it's in reference to the labor movement and the, the different, you know, how we have the East coast platoon and we have kind of the military theme. Theirs is a union theme. You know, they have local six, one, four, which is Columbus local five, one, three, which is Cincinnati 
etc. So they really do have like a blue collar theme to them and and yeah, I mean, the the stadium's very it's very Spartan. I mean, it's bleachers. There's a few real seats and it it's open. It's totally open. There's no it's not covered at all like the you know, uh Civic Stadium's got the overhang. You know, it doesn't have any of that. It's just a stadium in the middle of a field. <laughs> So it'll be interesting for you, I'm sure. It's it's, but it's still in the city. That's the crazy part about it. It's in this like giant field in the middle of nowhere. That's 15 minutes from the down downtown Columbus. So, um, it's kind of cool in that sense that you can have a, a stadium in the city that's not, that still kind of has all the parking. There's never, you know, you're never gonna run out of parking. And obviously the tailgating. There's a reason why it's known for its tailgating. It's because there's tons of room and it's, it really was a great stadium to get to grow up going to for sure. But I don't miss it. <laughs> great place to visit. Yes. To visit. Yeah. And the weather's beautiful this weekend. It's going to be like 78 degrees and sunny. So it'll be nice. That's perfect. Can't Good wait. for you guys. I hate you. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think is going to happen in the game? Cal, you have any predictions for... I think it's very possible another 1-0, 2-0 loss. I think that's pretty likely. I mean, Kai Kamara is just... He's banging in goals like it's nobody's business, and Ethan Finley's, you know, put him on a platter for him. And, you know, you can't count, you know, Fred, uh, Frederico Higuain, Justin mm-hmm. Miram. You know, they got a... Like you said, they're a balanced team. They're, I, they're similar to the Timbers in 2013 where they have a lot of different pieces that can hurt you. And that's, it sucks because we can't cover them all right now. So I, you know, I'd say 2-0, 1-0 loss is very probable. Best case scenario for me is nil, no draw. <laughs> yeah. I we always right. win 2-1, though. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We can't score a goal. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think 1-0. I think you're right. Um, if, if, if we do get a result... I think it'll be zero zero. Matt Porcher's header. Right. No, I think Jack if we if, yes. No, if, a if Jack we get Jewsbury stunner, a Galazzo from Jack Jewsbury. How about that? Yeah. Okay. No, that would. Actually... I think I think they're either gonna score early or late, and it's just gonna be like dead in the middle. That's my yeah. prediction. Yeah, I think I think the first ten minutes of this game will tell us how. The other oh, eighty go. minutes are gonna go. We'll, we'll yeah, figure it out. I agree. Yeah. So like, and yeah. and I think the lineup will tell us a lot too. I would imagine that Adi starts again just because this is gonna be a game that we're gonna want to slow it down a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I'm cautiously unoptimistic. I mean, my thing is cautiously <laughs> pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there you start you a guy like your Rudy unless you're gonna change the formation. And I just don't know if Caleb Porter's ever going to change the formation at this point. Well, I don't think you need to change the formation. You just set, play the same lineup we did last week, but you don't, instead of kicking long balls, you pass it on the ground. Yeah, with um, you, I feel like that works better with like a 4-3-3. A four, three, three. I don't feel like we're set up in a 4-2-3-1. Because when you have that target forward, it changes the mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, yeah, Audi's just better suited for that type he of is. role. Can't argue with that. Yeah. All right, do okay. you want to look ahead real quick? We have, sure. Uh, the last games, including Columbus, we have a uh, – we're at Columbus, obviously. Uh, SKC at home. 
away at RSL, away at Galaxy, and home to Colorado. I, if we don't, I, God. What do you think? Four, five points out of that last five games? Is that? Honestly, I can see a loss to Columbus, another draw or a loss to FKC, so they're coming back into form now. Mm-hmm. RSL, you, I don't know what to say anymore. Yeah. Just because we might be able to do something there. History with LA Galaxy does not say we'll do well there, and maybe a win at Colorado. Yeah, I think you're right. Four or five points. <laughs> yeah. Eek. Would, would, would that get us into the playoffs? Is the question, I guess, I guess. It's rumored now that you need 44. Four forty-five points because you know last year to get the fifth split, get the fifth place spot, you needed roughly fifty points. To now make the sixth, you need about forty-four, forty-five. So, but I don't know what this is going to mean for the Western Conference because you have RSL and SKC right behind us, and we're at forty-one. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I mean San well, I mean, San Jose is kind of screwed a little more than we are. They're RSL at home, Vancouver at home, very hard games. SKC at home, and they end at Dallas. Those They could lose all of those games. I mean, Three home games is nice. Uh, it is, but look at the teams they're playing. San yeah. Jose, they, you know. True. I yeah, mean, I mean, if we're fucking it up right now, so are they. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, I'm watching, like, we're depending on their results. And so far, they've provided every result we've needed. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be ideal for us if they. Well, we'd want we we still want them to lose to RSL at this point. Yeah. And, um, Vancouver, I think, is actually pretty dang good, aside from their getting beat twice in the last week by Seattle. But um, yeah, I mean, RSL's I guess our a rough schedule too. It's yep. San, they yeah, are... I guess I guess looking at it, our schedule is probably the easiest of between San Jose and RSL. I would say you know it's on par, like. If we, it's manageable compared to the other two, because San Jose or RSL is away at San Jose, away at Colorado, home to Portland. No, yeah, home to Portland, home to Dallas, away at Seattle. I mean, they can probably manage a result against Colorado. The San Jose game is going to depend on a lot. That, I think a lot is going to come down to the Portland game. So much mm-hmm. is going to come down to that game, because I mean Dallas. They could lose to Dallas, and they end at with well, the way at Seattle. Yeah, I mean, if I think if if Portland can beat RSL at home, or sorry, beat RSL on the road, yeah. that probably ends RSL season right oh, yeah. there. I mean, even Jaraka end the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard schedule for all three teams. I mean, Colorado. I, mean, I, I wasn't actually aware Colorado's of how, the, how challenging the other two schedules were. Yeah, if you exclude. Playing each other, Colorado's the only non-playoff team on that that any of those teams play. That's yeah, insane. Well, it's also insane that like more than half the teams make the playoffs. That's also that's true. Part of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the funny thing is you know we may end up with fewer points than we did last season, and make the playoffs because that that does not make me happy. To me, that says we're not making any progress. Yeah. the other teams are making more progress than we are, if you want to look at, yeah. at it more positively. <laughs> I mean, Ironton has been in a very difficult know. conference, I mean, more than average. But like, if we come in sixth again, I'm like, well, a rule made us our season a little bit more successful, but we didn't actually do anything. It's very pessimistic and not necessarily true, but 
I mean, just look at the supporters shield this year. It's like, you know, five teams, you know, five teams or something are separated by like eight. No, we're seven points away from first place in the shield race. I'm not mistaken. Cause right now it's on the winners at 48 right now. And we're at 41. Yeah. Man, it just makes me just be like, man, if we had played, if we had taken Did care you, of business. I know, if we won more and lost yeah. less, we'd be fantastic. <laughs> right. Dang it. That's what we have to do? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Poor fuck. It's sad. <laughs> uh, at the end of the game last week, we sang, always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> so that's where I'm at emotionally. Just trying to find, you know, I just watch Chara and his magic. You know, he makes one mistake a game. And last game, it was like pretty early. He kicked the ball and it went out of bounds and it wasn't a big deal. So just watch him. <laughs> He's so yep. awesome. And he always has a smile on his face. Yes. So. That means he found something. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be a terrible poker player because whenever he gets a foul if he smiles that means he did it yeah if he Apparently doesn't opposing smile, fans hate his guts because of that but as a well, supporter, i don't want yeah. to relate you know i don't want to compare him to other players like him because i hate those players you know right. <laughs> but he's and smart about him. it you know like he's ozzy he, alonzo he, was he, like a jerk he can make dad don't the say I that the reason i love Chara is because he can so, you know, he could always win the ball back previously, but he could make the smartest tactical fouls, and he would do it when he knew it had to be done. He's uh, he's as an intelligent player as there is in MLS. Just, like, like so yeah, tactically aware and just, like, such an intelligent I player. Hope he, I hope he finishes his career in Portland. I hope he never right, leaves. At this point, I think he will. I, yeah. I mean, if he if he retires a timber, then he's, he's going in the ring of honor. And- I think if we get a true number six to stay back, I feel like he will only just his legend will grow. He will get a statue. Yeah, I would, I would build a statue if I knew how to build statues. <laughs> I get. I, I will say this though: the little three dread situation, just only three dreads. Did you guys see that that he wore this weekend? I, I did not. Not a good look. Yeah, I've he. Never seen he, it with his hair. I, like puffed, like not yeah, in corners or anything. It, it's crazy. <laughs> but but I yeah, have. yeah. You guys should look look back to the game this weekend. It, it just looks weird to have. It's just literally three giant dreads down. It's just weird looking. So Diego, go back to the regular dreads. Well, maybe go back to the Allen Iverson dreads. Maybe it's cooler, like you know, temperature wise, to have less dreadlocks. I don't know. It's <laughs> a good theory. I don't know. All right, so I think uh, I think we're done here for this evening. Yes, I think so. Yeah, so. Allie, to... thank you very much. Appreciate you coming on. You're very welcome. Yeah, uh, I'll uh, I'll see you on on Saturday. Yeah, I'll see you. Yeah. Woohoo! It'll be weird, but it'll be cool. <laughs> it'll be uh, weird in a good way. I'll be like, hey, we talked on Skype. <laughs> Do they have any uh, microbrews in the stadium? They did not have any last time I was there two okay, years ago, but Heineken. a lot has changed in the past two years microbrew-wise, so it's possible. True. Alright, well, I got a Heineken slash microbrew with your name on it. <laughs> but I've heard, I heard a rumor that it was a dollar, that they made it a dollar beer night, although they might have rescinded that with Whoa. it being a sellout, but 
Two times. That's not a bad idea. Four, four years Googling ago, it was a dollar beer night. It was a good night. The only problem is you can only buy two beers at a time. Yeah, that's like, all stadiums, right? By the time, yeah, that's true. But by the time you get back, you've drank both of them. <laughs> so that's the only downside of dollar beer night. The, bar, the beers are smaller than a normal. They're like 12 ounces, but they're a dollar. Listen, I, uh, this is, you know, uh, because I'm Western Mass, I'm like an hour and a half from the Joe Stadium. For like a 12 ounce beer, you pay eight fifty. Yeah. yeah. For 12 ounce? Yeah, it's one of the highest in the country. Oh my goodness. It's 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 nine dollars uh at DC United games, but that's they they give you uh twenty two ounces. So Yeah, no. Yeah, nine dollars for a twenty ounce at at uh Timbers games, I believe. Yep. But I don't buy beer in the stadium. I drink beforehand and then you sober up during the game. It's a really great way. I recommend everyone try it. <laughs> Cheerful pen. On that, uh, that very wise wisdom, I think we're uh, we're done. All right, let's go get three points. Woo-hoo. You can hear it on-